Hi there. Welcome to the Mentoring Club podcast. In this podcast series, you are listening to pairs of mentors who were put together randomly. They all joined the Mentoring Club to share their experiences and insights in one-on-one -on -one sessions. But now, with this podcast, we are widening our spectrum to allow more people to learn and grow. The topics and discussions you will be listening to are as diverse as these pairs. In case you want to know more or meet one of our mentors, visit mentoring-club.com. And now, lean back and enjoy the talk. Hi guys, hope everyone is doing good. This is Devi Priya uh, and I have Elena with me. We'll be doing a podcast on women in technology. Uh, we'll be show, uh, covering uh, questions on uh, our leadership qualities, a mentoring journey, and then uh, time management, etc. Hope you guys Hi. enjoy this podcast. Yeah. Me too. Hi, everyone. Hi, Elena. How are you? Um, I'm good. Um, it's winter season starting here. Uh, so mm -hmm. enjoying last days of autumn and first days of winter here. Um, and how about you? Yeah, I'm doing uh, good, Elena. Thanks for asking. So can you tell about yourself? Uh... Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. So um, I'm Elena. Uh, originally, I'm from Belarus. Uh, but for the last almost um, seven and a half years, I'm living in Germany. Um, in Munich specifically, and I'm an engineer who turned to be a leader and now turned to be a coach. Um, yeah, so I started my career quite a while ago, um, about 14 years ago as a software engineer, and then quite quickly I grew to be a software architect and a couple of years a chief technical officer in small development um, office in Minsk, uh, my hometown. And um, after a while, about, like I said, seven and a half years ago, I moved to Germany and I became more of consultant, jack of all trades, doing project management, technical leadership, uh, solution architecture for many, many customers in many industries being, um, yeah, uh, kind of um, working on all sorts of IT projects. And three years ago, I switched my career uh, to become more Uh, oriented towards coaching. I've been agile and team coach uh, for that time. And I'm also nowadays um, coaching leaders um, to be the better leaders. Um, yeah, that's wow. that's my my journey uh, very shortly. Mm -hmm. Wow, Elena, that sounds really impressive. So um, I did my engineering and information technology. Post that, I uh, worked in an MNC for th three years and then a startup for two and a half years. And now I'm currently pursuing my MBA. So, wow. uh, yeah. so okay, we can get into the topics uh, quickly. Uh, so what do you think about women in technology right now? What is your opinion on that, Elena? Um, well, um, quite honestly, I, I'm always, I was always a bit puzzled by this question because I never felt um, different from men technology so mm -hmm. i just thought like okay i can do it and can be done and i never put this question consciously of course obviously i noticed there were less girls in our university in software engineering track and of course at my workplace uh, we had fewer girls but to, for me it was never a question that i could be for example a chief technical officer in a firm uh, 
Um, and I see more and more girls and uh, women in the tech and it, it warms my heart because I think um, we have a lot of um, limiting beliefs about this. And I was a fortunate person who didn't, for some reason, didn't have it, uh, probably because I was always surrounded by people who um, just treated me as a human being, not as woman or man, but as a human and a capable engineer or a leader. Um, and that helped me kind of to, to just to, to mm -hmm. grow in my career without seeing any boundaries. And sometimes for me, it's um, like a bit sad to see that uh, there are some preconceptions, of course, um, around this uh, topic. And some girls especially think, well, you know, engineering and IT, it's, it's kind of harder for girls and uh, for women. It might be true. It might be not. I believe whatever we believe is true. Uh, and I would wish that more and more girls saw that they are all beautiful and uh, intelligent and capable people and they can be whoever they want to be if they just put their mind to it. Yeah, that sounds uh, really promising. So uh, from a previous conversation, uh, I could see that you worked as a technical consultant leader initially and then you uh, moved to being a team coach and then, uh, you know, the leadership coaching and all that. Can you speak about that uh, transformation? Yeah, yeah, I was a techie for most of my career, uh, with exception last three years. And uh, it was always hard for me to let go of my technical competency. Mm -hmm. uh, but about three years ago, I had this insight that, well, I'm very good at what I'm doing, at project management, technical leadership, solution architecture, but I'm not fully enjoying it. It was good, but it was not great. And I started to reflect on my career, and um, I realized that what I was inspired by most was helping other people, helping other people to grow, um, to be better engineers, better leaders. Uh, I also enjoyed working with teams and creating teams. Um, and hence, I started to look um, for something in this area. And I was completely open um, to whatever came my way. Um, and um, uh, by destiny, I ended up uh, being an agile coach mm -hmm. in one of digital fitness startups in the athletics, um, where I completely let go of my technical um, uh, part of my job. And, you know, uh, I think because I had this clear vision that, okay, this is what's important for me is helping other people to grow. It was easier for me to let go of something I enjoyed quite a lot um, most of my career. Uh, and you know what, mm -hmm. I, I kind of have a warm feeling about this, but I also enjoy much more what I'm doing right now. Um, so to whoever is switching their career, um, my, my, my uh, advice would be just reflect on what you enjoy the most, what's important for you in your life and your professional life. And uh, look at what you are good at. Look at what others around you need. And try to find something which matches these uh, three things. And um, I did it. It worked for me perfectly. I'm very happy where I am. Mm, yeah, that's a very honest uh, reply, Elena. I know it could be scary to shift from technical to something like that. But I guess you pursued what you wanted. And that's, you know, really brave. Um, so can you talk about your uh, mentoring journey? Like, uh, when did you become a mentor? Did you have a mentor uh, earlier who actually guided your, uh, you know, this journey in your 
IT industry? Um, yeah, sure. I think I was a lucky person and I had a mentor from um, onset of my career. Uh, when I started a software engineer, uh, a manager, a lady who hired me, she was my mentor. She helped me to get up on my two feet. Um, she showed me the, like, you know, the ropes, uh, but she also gave me a lot of freedom to figure it out on my own. And uh, then uh, my, her boss, boss's boss, who became my boss and my partner, uh, later, he was also a mentor uh, for me, and uh, he taught me um, basics of leadership, and uh, he helped me to realize that whatever we do is all about humans, even if it's software engineering, it's still about humans, because we never work alone, and whatever we produce is also for humans. And one of the turning points in my career was when he gifted me one book called mm -hmm. Emotional Intelligence, which re uh, helped me realize that it's not only about intellect. We are all humans, we have emotions, and uh, uh, a lot of our behaviors uh, are not uh, rationally explained. And uh, being empathetic, being able to understand your own world and the world of others, emotional and intelligent, uh, is something every leader needs. Um, then uh, when I progressed, uh, I actually was in position as a chief or senior person Mm -hmm. I lacked um, some kind of mentorship, so I tried to compensate by, you know, um, educating myself, finding role models around me. And it worked, but it wasn't as powerful. Uh, but when I um, switched my career, actually, um, a senior agile coach uh, became my mentor again. And I rediscovered mm -hmm. the power of mentoring. And when I started my journey as a leadership coach, I also uh, discovered the power of having a coach, not a mentor which is a slightly different thing. And along my journey, I was also a mentor for many people, consciously or unconsciously, because I was in a leadership position. Um, uh, I always work with, with engineers, product managers, business analysts, QA people, trying to help them to find their way. Um, and now I'm doing this also voluntarily in, in the mentoring club. And I'm just so grateful to all people who were on my journey and believed in me more than I believed in myself sometimes that I want to give this back to the community. That's uh, very impressive, uh, Elena. Uh, thanks for highlighting that book. I uh, remember reading the book a few months back. It's a very uh, nice book. I uh, hugely recommend it to uh, many people who are especially in this industry because, you know, it's very challenging when your emotions get into decision-making. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Alina. So what are your suggestions for students who are graduating this year? Uh, what skills should they, uh, you know, you know, get in so that they could be prepared uh, for the employment outside? Yeah, I think, um, I, well, I speak from my own experience, but one thing I'm, I lacked in the university uh, is um, working on... Uh, so-called soft skills or people skills. Uh, we were not taught this, but of course, whenever you come to whatever workplace you come, you're almost never alone. And it's so important for us to be able to communicate effectively, to be um, able to, um, to have productive discussions, to productively disagree, to be able um, to work in a team. Uh, those are crucial in, in our modern world. And therefore, you, you, you kind of, like, 
um, it's kind of assumed that we all have the skills, but most of us are not trained in it. Um, and I really recommend to pay particular attention, not only about um, your technical or hard skills, but also to your soft skills. Basically about understanding yourself as a human, understanding humans around yourself and being able to work with them together. Okay. Cool, yeah, that makes more uh, sense. So, um, since I see that you have a lot of experience in leadership, and uh, so can you tell me what it gets to be a leader? What is the importance of being a leader? How important it is to have a leader in a place? Oh, that's a very interesting question, very philosophical. There are so many views on leadership. I can give mine, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, for me, a, lead, a leader is um, somebody who is capable to uh, create a dream, an inspiring vision, and who is capable to inspire others together, together, while being on the way with them, also supporting others. So these three things is kind of create inspiring vision and dream, inspire other people to mm -hmm. gather together with you, and be there for them on this journey. And maybe at some point also inspire them to find their own vision and become a leader. And I truly believe that every human is actually a leader, at least for one, one being. Very true, yeah. We are, all, yeah, we are leading ourselves. So no matter uh, who you are, where you are, mm -hmm. you're already a leader to some extent. But it's also nice to have a person who has been through, um, you know, through the territory and who could help you to and inspire you to get somewhere else, yeah. not on your own, but together with somebody. Yeah. And by leaders, like I just want to be clear, I don't, I don't think that um, only managers are leaders or only people who have followers are leaders. There are people like thought leaders, right? Like if you read a book and you got inspired by it. The author of this book was your leader at this point. Um, so this is briefly what I think. I, I myself follow many leaders, and I hope I'm a leader for others as well. Um, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Uh, but uh, we are all on the journey. Um, yeah. yeah, that's... Well said, yeah. that's nicely uh, put on a leader topic. So how do you resolve difference of opinion or a conflict within a team? Since you say that you coach, you know, the teams. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, this is something uh, that happens and that actually, you know, uh, it's a kind of a hindrance for work perspective or even, you know, to even move forward uh, with another project or something. Is that when there's a difference of opinion? So how do you try to handle it or resolve such uh, things? Yeah, yeah, that's a very common question. Um, first of all, as a team coach, um, you normally try to ensure that team feels safe. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and this takes sometimes time because basically safety means that your team has established relationships <laughs> and uh, they trust each other. Once this in place, um, you kind of try to shift the perspective to seeing the conflict. Um, the problem with the conflict 
only arises when it's treated as conflict of people, right? Like when I'm I'm wrong, you're right, or I feel hurt, or I feel I'm hurting other. So, uh, but in a workplace, what often happens, we are not in conflict about people. In fact, we are conflict about our ideas, or we have a debate, but we are not trained in it, and often we um, treat that like, okay, we are attaching ourselves to our ideas or to our problems we solve. So whenever somebody criticizes or gives a remark or another point of view on the idea we have, we treat it as a personal attack. And uh, sometimes we are also afraid to also to change somebody's ideas because we are afraid to hurt them. Yeah. Um, so one one aspect is to try to separate, uh, uh, like you know, um, move, shift the conflict uh, from conflict of personalities and people to conflict of ideas, because then it's easier to to be more detached. And the second thing is often we are uh, in a conflict because we are thinking that we are thinking uh, in right and wrong. But I truly believe that everybody has their um, part of truth. So imagine I have a book, right? Like, and it has a black cover and I just open it and I hold this book in front of me and I see, you know, a pages, white pages. And a person who stands next to me, they see only the cover. So I'm asking them what color this book is. They say it's black because they see the cover. And I'm saying, no, it's white because I'm seeing the open page. Mm -hmm. And the point is, we are talking about the same book from the different perspectives. If we are able to kind of um, understand this and invite the person next to us, hey, come to my side, see, it's also white. And the person next to me invites me to their side and say, oh, yes, this book is also black. What it gives us, it gives us a more complete picture of a book. Yeah. Um, so actually, I believe that conflict can be actually empowering and productive and it can give us more more broader perspective on the subject we are talking or we are in a conflict uh, but for that for, to happen there must be some understandings or some willingness to you know to take a different perspective to see it from the other person's angle and then you can actually turn the conflict into something uh, beautiful which creates something new and creates this broader perspective yeah the the example uh, you know very clearly explains the question actually uh, so how was it going elena you know post covid era uh, how was your work life after covid um well it's very interesting because our company went remote uh, over the week and i myself was uh, working with a remote team for more or less most of my career so it wasn't new for me but it certainly was very new to many of my colleagues um, um, who had to switch this lifestyle from office life to working remotely from home. Uh, and it was, of course, a challenge. For me personally, it wasn't um, because I'm kind of used to it. And uh, what I did, I tried to share all the tips uh, about my personal experience with that, with my team uh, and with other leaders in the organization. And the basics are for you personally, need to take care of yourself first it's like an oxygen mask principle mm -hmm. you cannot help others if you're like dying you know you need your oxygen first before you help others so first thing take care of yourself 
create some boundaries at home, right? Like it's um, so easy to actually work more when you're at home uh, because you don't have this natural ba- uh, boundary of leaving the office, coming back and so on. So you kind of need to find your way to establish your own boundaries, like closing a laptop at a specific time or working in a separate room or taking a walk when you finish work. Or, uh, working so you can like kind of create this separate boundary between work and you know not work um, and also another thing what creates a lot of tension and anxiety because we don't see other people so we cannot communicate as much and all this informal communications over water cooler coffee yeah. and so on are missing so we start to feel more disconnected from others and you kind of need to put some conscious um, efforts in place to to um, bring it back, like having a coffee chat or coming to the meeting five minutes earlier just to chat about how is everyone or um, uh, maybe like, you know, posting some informal messages in your um, group chats, mm-hmm. um, having some competitions with GIFs, which bring about uh, like a, a lot of humor and humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so this keeping personal touch aspect is very important. And the third aspect, like when you work together in a team, it's very important to communicate and over-communicate because we cannot just go to the next person at the next desk and ask them. We need to uh, kind of put uh, effort into communicating more proactively what we do, what are our struggles, asking for help, and also listening more to people and maybe proactively reaching out to our teammates and asking them how is it going on and things like that. Um, so and that's... Uh, that's nicely said, Elena. Thank you so much. You know, this has been a very lively chat with your very honest reply for every questions that I asked. Uh, so, guys, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I know these are very hard times, you know, going forward, uh, but still have a lot of hope. You know, things will change for the better and soon. Uh, so Elena, you want to share anything with our audience? Um, yeah, well, just to build up on what was said, Devi, in every challenge, there is an opportunity. Exactly. Um, yeah, the times are hard, but it's also times where we can uh, take a conscious break and think about what's important for us, who is important for us. And um, I, I truly believe that, in, like I said, in every challenge, there is an opportunity. So I invite everyone to think about these times not only as a hustle, but as a time to to get valuable lessons and to to find something new for your for each of us. Yeah. And uh, I'm very optimistic person generally, um, even though I come from the culture which tends to see the future always a black color. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I truly believe um, that wherever we are, we can find some light aspects in any situation. So yeah. Um, yeah, I wish everyone uh, all the best and uh, stay safe. Yeah, we shouldn't take anything for granted, I guess. You know, this era has taught us some lessons, actually. I hope everybody is safe and taking good care of each other. Thank you so much, Elena, for your time uh, in discussing uh, these topics. It was nice talking to you. Uh, thank you, Davy, for all the um, beautiful questions. And uh, you also take care and stay safe. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.